Our next speaker is David Evans. David is a senior fellow at the Center for Global Development just down the road from us. Welcome, David. Uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. Uh, in rural, so in rural areas, one of the great challenges is the most vulnerable members of the community may not have trust in government to actually access the services that uh, even those services the governments are providing. And so a lot of the research and the debate that we have often is about how to improve the quality of services, and we should and we need to have that debate. But at the same time, if people are not integrated enough into the social contract to feel confident to access those services, to be able to engage engage, to act on the information they have, like, like Katrina was talking about, about a few minutes ago, then, uh, then they won't uh, get the maximum benefit from those services. So I'm going to talk today a little bit about work that I did together with Katrina, who you just heard from, and Brian Holtmeyer um, on the impact of cash transfers for the most vulnerable members of the population in rural communities in Tanzania. So the program that we're looking at is a program that was implemented by the government of Tanzania. So it provided cash transfers to low-income households in 40 communities across three districts in Tanzania. Now, those 40 communities were chosen randomly. So there were 80 communities and that could potentially have had this program. The 40 were selected randomly, so we're pretty confident that differences across those communities at the end of the program can be attributable to receiving these cash transfers. So in these 40 communities, uh, households received cash transfers, but only if they fulfilled certain conditions. So households had to fulfill conditions about health. They had to make sure that their kids went to the clinic. They had to make sure that their kids got vaccinated. They even had to make sure that their most elderly occupants uh, of the household occasionally got a little bit of a health check. Uh, they also had to fulfill, condi fulfill conditions related to education. And so these households needed to make sure that their kids made it to school, made it to school regularly. Now, one of the interesting things about this kind of transfer program, a cash transfer program, is the way it will impact people's relationship with the government is not totally clear. On the one hand, people are receiving something from the government. Maybe the, especially these most vulnerable households may not have received a lot of services. So we might expect that that would increase their trust and confidence in the government. At the same time, there is some history of programs, especially programs like conditional cash transfers, that demand that in order to receive something, these households have to you know, send their kids to school, uh, send their kids to the clinic, which can be seen as paternalistic, that uh, as taking the agency away from households to decide how best to use the resources to benefit their household. And so the net impact on uh, trust and, and, and engagement is, is not totally clear. The other thing that was distinct about this program is that it was almost entirely decentralized to locally elected management committees. Now, most cash transfer programs have some element of local engagement, but in this case, the local, these locally elected committees played a major role in identifying the households. These committees are the ones that went and, and uh, collected the transfers at banks and delivered those transfers to households, so they really played an integrated role, and these were elected committees that could be re-elected over time. Now, I'm not going to talk about it today, but we did find that this program had positive benefits on children's health, it had some benefits on education, and a number of other outcomes. Now, where did we see those outcomes? 
And where did it affect how people engaged with their community? One of the striking findings we found is that in communities receive these, that receive these cash transfers, trust in elected leaders rose significantly. Now, trust in appointed bureaucrats did not change, right? In Tanzania, in the governing council of each community, you have people that are elected and you have people who are appointed by the more regional level. Trust in the people who were appointed regionally, who still played a role in delivering these cash transfers, no impact. But people who were elected by the community, yes. Now, we didn't see it in every community. The communities where we saw it were the communities where, at the outset of the program, they had invested in consistently holding community meetings. Right? Those are the communities. So, and these aren't meetings that are because of the cash transfers. Before these communities ever received cash transfers, those that were more consistently delivering information to their households were the ones where these government services translated into better engagement. We also see impacts on an increase in confidence that local policymakers are honest and responsive. Once again, we only see this in communities where the community leaders are taking advantage of opportunities to communicate these findings, the, the resources and other information through these community meetings. We also see some impacts on community record keeping, right? So it's a specific indication of accountability and whether communities are keeping track of what they're doing with their resources. Now, those impacts are only observed in the areas that the cash transfers were conditioned on. So we see impacts on record keeping around education and health, which were the conditions. We don't see impacts on things like security and infrastructure in terms of their record keeping. Okay, so we see this array of impacts. So what this means depends a little bit on what happens in these meetings. So we did a series of interviews and discussions to try to understand exactly what happens in these meetings, uh, making sure that we incorporated this qualitative element. What we found is that the vast majority of what these meetings does is communicate information, right? So they discuss ongoing and planned development projects. They disseminate information from the central government. They also hold local elections. They report on collected financial resources, how much they've received, what those are being used for. So these are fundamentally information sharing meetings. So what does this mean? So this community-based project improved trust when you had meetings in place. So there are a huge number of development programs, both donor-sponsored and local government and, and national government-sponsored, that uh, disseminate uh, resources to decentralized communities. If that's true, we need to help governments to build institutions to communicate about those local, locally and regularly. We also saw a lot of variation in the frequency of community meetings. And so it may help if we provide incentives to, to hold those meetings, if we provide trainings and templates to make those meetings more effective. So those aren't just opportunities for grandstanding, but actually opportunities for the most vulnerable households in communities to understand how resources, resources are being used to benefit them. Thank you very much.